The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy for our first weekend preview of 2019. And breaking news, the Final Furlong Podcast is now available on Spotify and Stitcher as well. So if you like to use those podcast apps, you can get us there. We are available to listen to in more and more places now. To preview the weekend's racing, where we're going to focus on Sandown and Nace, I'm delighted to say I'm joined once again by At The Races and Sky Sports pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! And making his first appearance of 2019, it's our good friend, Mr. Rory DeLarge. Happy New Year, he said, <laughs> trying to sound as enthusiastic as possible. <laughs> Happy New Year, Rory. Happy New Year and glad to have you back on. New Year, new me. It's all happy. You hit the front too soon here, Delargy. Yeah, I reckon that's going to last for about 20 minutes of this podcast, not even two weeks. I think you'll be very lucky. Very lucky. (laughs) Right. The first race we're going to look at is one of two important grade one novice hurdles of the weekend. The Unibet Tallworth Novices Hurdle at Sandown. Uh, This race had a huge impact on the Cheltenham Festival last season. Right now, the market is becoming confusing. Rath Hill has got a number of blue signs pointing at the odds as he's about 11 to 8 6 to 4 and as short as 5 to 4 with one firm Elixir de Nerds for Colin Tizard is drifting 11 to 4 to 3 to 1 and then the Sea of Blue is the other JP horse also trained by Nicky Henderson and that's Birchdale top price now 4 to 1 but 3's is the general price around and it's essentially rory about those three at the head of the betting but while rath hill would have been the initial one that we thought was going to run um things might change and it could be the son of jeremy birchdale who lines up they couldn't run up both of them could they I'd say it's very unlikely. I think it looks either or. The markets, you know, they both appear to be strong in the market, but anti-post markets for races like this, um, which have a habit of cutting up badly, um, can be very unreliable things. So it'd be a surprise to me if Birchill and Rathill, who've got very similar profiles, um, were both to, to rock up. They're both um, comfortable winners of big fields and novice hurdles. Um, already this season on hurdling debut, Birchdale at uh, Warwick, Rathill at uh, at Newbury. Um, Rathill was um, uh, was visually very impressive when he won at Newbury, not by a massive margin um, from uh, Nordic Combined, who was fairly exposed on the flat, and um, Birchdale beat uh, Clarendon Street by four lengths at uh, Warwick. Nicky's also got some um, uh, another. Um, in the in similar colours, Epitons, the uh, the mayor, um, who was a Grade One uh, bumper winner in France, won an AQPS um, Grade One in November two thousand and seventeen, and she also won impressively on her hurdles debut at Kempton in November. Um, the market suggests she's not going, but you never know what's going to happen with um, uh, with the owners' horses, particularly. Nikki's usually fairly easy to read, but when you get three horses with with very similar profiles and the same ownership. Um, you don't really know what's going to happen until late in the day. And we've seen that um, in exceptional circumstances as well. I remember the uh, Triumph Hurdle trial at Cheltenham a couple of years ago where 
Um, oh yeah. And JP had two in the race, not not both trained by Nicky, but um, uh, Nicky had a saddle under his arm and was heading out to um, to stick it on his runner um, before uh, that was uh, taken out of the race. Somewhat to the the trainer's chagrin, it has to be said. So before Frankie um, Tight Lips made the call and told him, "Not today, son." Pretty yeah. much, it would appear. Uh, that was Charlie Parks, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, against against Steffi Desoy. So yeah, you'd you'd be unwise to be unloading on either of those horses at the current prices. I would say, hmm. um, given that one of them seems a very unlikely runner, and we don't know which one. Uh, they're both plenty short enough in the context of the race. Uh, and that's without mentioning Lust for Glory, who's in the race as well, who's who's arguably got the best form in the race, given she's receiving seven pounds. Um, she was um, uh, she beat Posh Trish and then was was uh, turned over, uh, conceding weight to that mare at Newbury uh, last month. And Posh Trish has advertised the form again since. So you know she'd be a player in this race. It's a it's a really interesting contest as it stands. Um, it's a funny old race to Tolworth because it's a you know it's a Grade One novice hurdle, very very informative, but it's worth pennies. Yeah. Total prize yeah, money is just is. twenty eight yeah. grand. Yeah, it's nuts. Is it is it the poorest grade one in, oh, I'd say so. in the it's, UK it's, and it's Ireland? Been like, uh, it's been like that for a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe maybe a few more. It's it's, so it's living entirely on prestige. And yeah, 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 and yet since we'll go from twenty fifteen. Actually we didn't throw in melodic rendezvous, he was a good horse. Uh Lammy Surge, York Hill, Finian's Oscar, the ill fated Finian's Oscar, Somerville Boy all attracted to this race all won this race and as you said Rory it's prestige it shouldn't really be allowed maintain your status if you're not going to adequately compensate the, the, the winner and the place horses really well the, the problem with that is it, it, it should it should be a two step process if you're not putting the prize money on people shouldn't be turning out um, with with their better horses to run then if, if the quality of the runners goes down then the um, the, the status of the race drops um, according to the the um, uh, the pattern race committee rules, um, but if you keep running your good horses in it, then it's going to have its prestige. Well, and there's no point throwing lots of money at it if people are still going to run the same horses. Well, given the fact that we've got two big novice hurdles to compare this weekend, we can we can assess the prize money. The Lawler's Hotel Grade One novice hurdle is guaranteed ninety thousand euro, with the winner taking away fifty three thousand. 100 euro the Tallworth hurdle is 50,000 pounds guaranteed so the winner is going to walk away with 50 grand from the Lawlers the Tallworth hurdle is guaranteed for everybody 50 grand yes 20, it's 28 28,000 28,000 first prize yeah like that doesn't make any sense yeah it's pretty weak now but, but there we go was the master great man once said hmm <laughs> Um, so of the, the leading contenders in terms of the market so far, what way would you be leaning, Rory? Uh, I, I'd see, um, I, I maybe just prefer Birchdale off the two, um, given, although Rath Hill was, was visually impressive, he listened to the comment, the commentary, you know, he's, he'd be swinging away, but I, I, I didn't think there was a great deal in behind. And I thought that um, you could make the same comment about the um, uh, about the uh, the Warwick contest, um, but uh, the margin of victory there was was greater. I thought um, 
Uh, but still looked at time who would improve a fair bit from it as well. It's not it's not an easy call between this, races like this are always tough. When you've got one run, a lot of horses will win impressively on debut and then run to just that level next time out. And some of them even go slightly backwards from it. Whereas some of them will improve twenty pounds. Um, and it's not that easy to tell which ones are which when all the only evidence you have is is um, is a a replay of that one run. Um, so I'm not mad to back anything at short prices with that kind of profile. Um, you you could make a case and say, well, the one to back here is Elixir de Nuts because one of the other market leaders isn't going to run, therefore he's liable to prove a bit a better value. But the way this race is priced up is no one really wants to be betting on it, but everyone has to. And I reckon if you added up the um, the override with the uh, the firms, it'd be absolutely monstrous because everyone knows you're liable to be caught out by high-profile non-runners. Um, and even even if you take the favourite out of this, there's no value in the market. You'd still be bettering over round. Um, and therefore, that's it's a, it's a very, very hard race to get involved in now. Um, Elixir de Nuts is, is the one horse at the top of the market who looks certain to run. Um, and his win at Cheltenham last time out has been Frank's. Um, I, think a, I think a few people thought that his, his win... Um, at Cheltenham's uh, international meeting was only fairly ordinary form. He beat Jarvie's plate uh, fairly um, comprehensively. Um, but Jarvie's plate then improved to win a better race on New Year's Day at Cheltenham, and that makes the form look an awful lot better. So you could easily give him an extra £7 um, for that win, in, uh, or even more than that, based on, on what's happened subsequently. Um, and that would put him... Well, I put him ahead of the of the Henderson horses as it stands. Of course, he's got a lot more experience than them. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's a second season hurdler, um, and therefore he's open to less improvement, you would say, than than those who've only had one run over hurdles. But he does look solid. Um, Yard knows how to win this race. Uh, the form of his his uh, his wins this season has been boosted, um, and therefore he might just be the, the the one to be with in terms of solidity. But you wouldn't catch me back, backing one in this race at this stage. You, you have to wait until decks are right, really. Yeah, I fully agree with you in more ways than one. The, the fact that you really don't want to be placing a bet until the decks are out and that if you are going to have a bet, the bet's elixir. Elixir, the nuts. And not just because of the name, but we, we talked about how fascinating it was that this horse was removed <laughs> from Philip Harbisiart on the back of two runs given the fact that Terry Warner's got such a, a strong association with him uh, and moved to Colin Tizard. He, he did look like he was going to be involved in the finish before falling on his last start for Philip Hobbs, but uh, he's done very, very well since that move, a second and two wins, and he was carrying a, a significant penalty when he won the last day as well. And he just looks like a horse who's, who's improving all the time. So that'd be the one for me. Uh, Kevin Blake, your idea of the winner of the Talworth Novices Hurdle and how you would approach the race currently? Um, I'd agree with Elixir, the, the newts, as you've <laughs> called them. Um, he, he's very solid. He's a very likable horse, to be fair. He, he'll do what, he, what it says in the tin, jump out, make the run, and jump well and battle away. Um, I wouldn't like to knock him. But I, I did like... Both of JPs, to be fair, their first runs over hurdles. Both came in with point-to-point -point profiles. But I suppose I, I'd just be a bit surprised if Birchdale was the selected one, um, just more so than anything else, just because of the trip here. 
you know, he's he's a winning pointer. He won over two mile five at Warwick on his hurling debut, and he didn't, he didn't look slow that day. But he wouldn't have been one that you wouldn't have watched it and said, "Yeah, God, he'll appreciate stepping back five furlongs and trip." Um, he was very strong up the run in, uh, a bit raw in front. His jumping was good, but yeah, like he he wouldn't have been an obvious candidate to, to drop back and trip for his step up in class. Whereas Rat Hill, who, who also has a point to point background, but he, he made his winning hurling debut over, over two miles of Newbury and showed loads of gears. I thought, um, made lovely smooth headway and, uh, Barry only had to ask him via hands and heels riding to quicken up well. And I know he didn't win far, but he, he won with plenty in hand. And, uh, I thought he would be better suited to this test of the two. And, if you like to listen to racecourse chatter and rumour, uh, Rat Hill is, is held in very high regard. And I assume that's why he was put in as short as he was initially. But just as much as and all chatter aside, just in terms of their their relative suitability to this course and distance, I'd be surprised if Rat Hill wasn't the selected. And uh, while I would respect Elixir de Nudes, uh, I think he could he could be a very nice target for Rat Hill to aim at and ultimately get by, I think. Okay. You wouldn't be concerned about the lack of experience for Raphael against Elixir Dunitz, who to be fair was was starting out as a juvenile hurdler last season and now continuing as a novice hurdler. Oh, look, clearly a, a, a later maturing type Rat Hill. He's a six year old already, but uh, I, I take my chance. I think he would have learned plenty from that run at Newbury. He was ridden with lots of confidence. And uh it's I'd like his jumping was was grand at Newbury. It wasn't. Uh, no it wasn't better. fine. It was grand. Yeah, well, no, it, was, it was. It was better than fine. It was grand. But I'd like to see it as, as a little bit slicker. But that—that's me having a pick. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be enough to to put me off him. And um, yeah, that that'd be my hope for the race now. Is that Rat Hill, if he can go and beat Elixir or Denutes with a bit to spare, then we have a really nice one on our hands for the future. Um, get, being beaten by Elixir or Denutes wouldn't uh, preclude him from being a very nice horse, but. I suppose if, if, he, if he can get the job done, we can all get a bit excited. You would imagine if Orsa at the top of the market wins this race, we can be getting very excited about them for the Cheltenham Festival. Just a quick one for you, Kevin. If Rathill wins, would you see him as a supreme contender? And if Burchill is the one who, for the Sea of Blue, ends up lining up, would you see him as more of a Ballymore c- contender? Um, well, look, right now with Rathill... He looks to have plenty of gears to me. And unless he shaped in a way that, that contrasted with that initial impression, I would see no reason to, to think anything but Supreme with him for the time being. I'm sure he'll stay well. Um, but he also looks to be plenty pacey. So we'll see what we find out on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a fun race. I will be sticking with Elixir de Nuts and uh, getting, really, getting ready to uh, chant Armadillo as he comes over the last and cheer him on home um, with plenty of ambrosia to celebrate afterwards. Right, all our old favourites are out at 3 o'clock at Sandown in the Unibet Veterans Handicap Chase. I suspect Kevin Blake has a point about prize money to make here. Kevin... Do your best news night slash question time impression. Uh, look, it's a small gripe, but the 50,000 on for potential stars of the future in a grade one uh, novice hurdle earlier on the card. And for all that, I absolutely love the veterans chase. And I think they're a great addition. I don't really think it's necessary to put on a hundred grand here to get the, to get the, the feel that they've got here. I think if they put on 50 grand, they'd get the exact same field and, uh, 
the rest would lack for nothing. But there we go, small gripe. Surely, overall, the prize money should be reversed. You well, maybe maybe redistribute it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> might, might be the way to do it. Yeah, uh... it's, it seems it seems a bit over the top, but like I say. Wonderful series of races, great additions. Oh, hey, we love these races. We absolutely love these races without any question at all. And as I was saying, we do have some old favorites running here. Uh, currently, Rock Gone is the favorite at 7 to 1. La Rev, uh, anywhere between 10 and 8 to 1. Rathalyn Rose for David Pipe, who won this three years ago. Tom Scudamore, they're all jocked up already. Uh, Rathlin Rose is as short as sevens, as big as eight to one, actually becoming a bit of a gamble. Uh, that 10 to one, long gone with the exception of Coral. Um, Bishop's Road, what a class horse. 10 and 12 to one. Uh, Pete Defeat, 14s, and then good old Bywise. Remember the days, Kevin, of just place bet Bywise. It's a genius move. It can't possibly go wrong. Only it went horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, Bywise, a 12 and 14 to one shot. Of course, he won this race last year and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I think we were all thrilled that he did. Rory, what is your approach to the Unibet Veterans Handicap Chase? Well, I'll give a, I'll give a bit of credit to a friend of mine, Andrew Mount, who's, um, who's a bit of a... Uh, a trends and systems freak, and he has he has goodness knows how many um, uh, little mini systems that he works. But one of the simplest is um, is simply backing the youngest horses in uh, in veterans chases. Um, and while it sounds very simplistic, it makes an awful lot of sense that um, horses who are uh, running in restricted races um, tend to to end up badly handicapped in the grand scheme of things because those races are by definition less competitive than open races uh, and horses who are that little bit younger um, less miles on the clock but also competing in, in tougher races in open handicap company just tend to have a little bit of an edge um, Pete the Feet of course is, is the one horse who, who rather bucks that trend having won this race as a 13 year old two years ago and finished second last year um, so you know, I think we'd all love it if Pete the Feet could could make it a, a real race for the veterans uh, and win this at the age of 15. But um, it should pay to, to stick to those horses who are unexposed in veterans races um, and potentially, I suppose, much like, not that I follow golf much these days, but the the, uh, the, the seniors tour, um, those, people, those, those players are still capable of mixing it um, against the, their younger rivals, tend to hold an edge um, when, they're, when they're against seniors. And it's, it is much the same here. Um, so I'm looking for horses who maybe whose form figures may not be the most inspiring, um, but um, who are um, unexposed in these races. You've got to run in a veterans chase to qualify for this in the first place. But a few of them would have been running when in need of the race or, you know, getting themselves qualified for this uh, when running. The obvious horse is Rock Gone, who's very lightly raced for his age. And I'd expect him to start favourite for the race. Um he he's he definitely has to be considered. He was a horse who ran pretty well um, in the um, uh, what we used to call the Mile Bay Fleet at the Cheltenham Festival a couple of seasons ago. Um, he was then second in the Sodexo Gold Cup, which is a, a, a an open Grade Three um, chase at Ascot last November, as in November two thousand and seventeen. Been off the track for almost a year before finishing second in the Pete the Feet Veterans Handicap Chase over, over this course and distance in November, and he's clearly been lined up for this for some time. Uh, he deserves to be favourite. I think he, he, you know, 
Uh, I would not want to be against him at around seven to one or fifteen to two. Um, and if all you wanted was one horse for the race, I'd, I'd, I'd put him up. But there are horses at bigger prices are interesting enough as well. And I wonder whether Richard Newland's other horse, um, Band of Blood, um, Sam Tristan Davis rides um, Rock Gone, uh, Band of Blood, also an 11-year-old, also um, reasonably unexposed in this sort of company, um, was fourth speed nine lengths in a veterans chase at uh, Kelso last month. Um, ran a lot better than the bare result in the Bet365 Gold Cup um, in the spring um, and is on a fair mark of 130. Uh, I'd, I'd give him a chance. And because he is a stable companion of the favourite, horses like this tend to be under bet. You know, you, his real price is maybe 11 or 12 to 1. But because people have got the favourite and they go, well, that's the one they want to win with, the other one drifts um, to, to often a daft price. So he could end up being a bigger price than he should be uh, in terms of the form that he's shown. And I'd certainly want to be on his side. Um, and uh, well, there are, there are several others you threw into the mix there, but uh, th- those two are particularly interesting to me. I could, at a very big price, I could see Halo Moon running fairly well. He's, he's you know, almost the rank outsider in the field, isn't he, for Neil Mulholland. Uh, in fact, he is, he's, he's 25 to 1 in a couple of places, Halo Moon. Um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be on my very short short list, but he'd be on my long short list, and I'm not sure he should be the the rank outsider. Uh, tends to travel strongly in his races. Didn't always see things out, um, but he was um, he was second to Band of Blood in a veterans chase at uh, Doncaster on, on um, uh, soft ground last season. Um, that was that was a pretty decent performance. If he's back to that kind of form, then he's capable of going reasonably well. He doesn't want the ground too deep, but and normally you'd expect the ground to be very holding for this fixture, but the way the weather's been recently, it might not be too bad, and that could suit Halo Moon. So he could outrun his odds. Um, but as it stands, I'd, um, uh, I'd favour the, uh, the Newland pair. Uh, the favourite is definitely the right favourite, and I suspect that top price of 15-2 to two is generous. I think he's more of a 5-1 to one shot. Um, so there's definite value in him. The Grand National winning colours for Band of Blood, written by Tom O'Brien, and the other one then for The Good Doctor, as um, Rory Delargy goes for his selections, <laughs> is Rock Gone. I know that his son listens to the Final Furlong podcast. I don't think they like being called The Good Doctor. Well, any, any doctor gets called The Good Doctor. That's the thing. That's why it's so... Terribly dull. I wonder, Except Tyrell Shipman. You know? I, oh <laughs> he wasn't a good doctor. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on.org. Um, Rattling. He wasn't. Ra- rat- <laughs> Stop doubling down on it. Moving on.org. <laughs> David Pipe won this race three years ago with Saul. I think he's found another one in Rattling Rose. Uh, who could do the job. What is your selection, Mr. Kevin Blake? Um, I don't have one, to be honest, but uh, this does give me a chance to wheel out my uh, my piece of trivia about Pete DeFeet, who's <laughs> just a fabulous horse. Unbelievable. Just, tur- just turned 15 years of age, and if you haven't heard the other 100 times I've said this over the years, his mother is Tourist Attraction, who won the Supreme Novices Hurdle at the Shelton Festival in 1995, becoming Willie Mullins' first ever winner. 
at the Cheltenham Festival. And I'll try and find out, but up to earlier this year, Tourist Attraction was still very much alive um, at the age of 29. Uh, she's just down the road from me here outside Cashel. And uh, I'll try and find out at, at that age. It's, it's hard to be sure, but hopefully she's still okay. Uh, but she's had some innings regardless, and that's my that's my bit of trivia that I always wheel out when Pete Defeat is on the big stage. <laughs> 29 years of age for a horse. That is absolutely fantastic, and what a mare she was. Uh, there won't be a dry eye in the house if Pete Defeat goes and wins. I know there's a feature on him in the trade paper today, and um, best of luck to him, but... Uh, it's the Newland horses, possibly a reverse forecast for Rory, and I will be going with with Rattlin Rose. The mare's hurdle is a little bit confusing, but we'll we'll discuss it because it's certainly worth talking about because we desperately need to see Lorena back out sooner rather than later. Benny Dudois. Uh, holds an entry as well the Cheltenham Festival winner who got the better of Apples Jade it's subsequently subsequently come to light that Apples Jade wasn't right back then uh, but she too has yet to run uh, since the 28th of April when she doubled up by winning at Punchestown beating her stablemate uh, Augusta Kate so it's it's essentially about whichever one of the Willie Mullins horses turns up and the market is very much leaning towards Lorena um, lining up here, Rory. And if she does, they're stretching her out to two mile four. What do you make of this as a starting point for her? I think it's a, it looks like a decent starting point, all things considered. Um, the trip shouldn't, shouldn't if, you're, if you're going to win a champion hurdle, you should not have a problem winning a marriage hurdle over two mile four, it sounds like, uh, in the, uh, the warm-up. Um, obviously, fitness might might be an issue, but she's been so close to running, um, or we've been told in the last few weeks that she shouldn't be she shouldn't be short of uh, of peak fitness at this stage. Um, we know she stays the trip anyway, but she was a, a winner at Ferry House over two and a half at the end of last season, and um, it'd be great to see her. Um, and given um, given her ownership, you know, thought um, well. You could argue that with the ownership of, of um, the, both of the Mullins horses, they'd, they'd be reasonably likely to travel. That's never never been a guide in the past, in mm. fairness. It all seems to be entirely in, in Willie's court. Um, so you'd, you'd fancy whichever one of them turns up, obviously, look at the, the uh, strength of the field. Momella's probably the next in, but she wouldn't be a massive threat if either Lorena or Benny de Dieu were, were at their best. That's Benny de Dieu, by the way. Um, Benny de yeah. Dieu. She it's probably a little bit harder to place Lorena at the moment, and um, I think Willie would like to get a run into her as soon as he can, and and everything conditions should be should be fine. The ground will be on the easy side. Um, I'm sure he's checked the ferries. <laughs> Unlikely to be an issue. So <laughs> crack on, I say. All right, uh, Kevin. Starting off over two mile forward. Does this to you indicate that Willie Mullins is desperately trying to get Lorena to run in the mare's hurdle, but will that even stop Sullivan Bloodstock? Will that stop Jared Sullivan? Is it all about the champion hurdle? And does she deserve to be a shorter price for the champion hurdle and a shorter price for this race? Um, look, she's the X factor, potential X factor in the race, isn't she? She's been for much of the season. She's held that status. It's been a patient way to see her. The vibes are that she's going to go, but we know 
what Whitley is like. That could change eight times between now and, and declaration time, but hopefully she goes. Um, the trip is the trip is the trip. I, I don't think she needs to go further. I, I don't think Willie would be upset if she ended up in the mayor's hurdle. The owners are seemingly very keen to go, but um, Willie and Ruby have a way of getting their way at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Willie's horses have tended to be needing to run a little bit this season. So it wouldn't be a sh- it would be a shock to me if she's beaten. Given that I, I do certainly hope that she'd come up to open Grade One level, um, but it wouldn't be a surprise to me if she's a little bit workmanlike. And um, and then the question after that will be where will she go next? Because she could go for the Irish Champion Hurdle. Uh, it would be a three-week gap if they wanted to lower their sights a little bit. She could potentially go for that mare's hurdle, the two and a half mile mare's hurdle listed race at um, Punchestown. There, and it's on the twentieth of February that we've seen a few high-profile mares go for. In recent in recent years, she could potentially go for that if they wanted to lower their sights a little bit. Um, but th- there's other options there. You got the Red Mills trial hurdle. I think getting the first one out of the way is just the important thing. One, if they if they can get her over and get her out here, um, they'll have options. They'll have options. It'll, it'll make things a little bit easier if they happen to miss this weekend. All of a sudden, things get a little bit dicey hmm. because it would be, it would be very difficult on her. It would be, well, it would be a tough shout to put her into an Irish champion first start back, and um, then it would be a case that they they'd almost certainly either go for the Red Mills uh, over two miles or the the Quivega hurdle as it's called over two and a half at Punchestown. But uh, even at that, you're kind of you're sneaking kind of close to Shelton there, you know. So. Tricky one, I'd say it'll be important for them to get her out this weekend. And I, like I say, I just wouldn't be shocked if she's not impressive, if she's a little bit workmanlike. Um, but look, hopefully she just gets out because I want to see her. I, yeah. I loved her last season. Uh, the the chat about her has always been monstrous, uh, and we want to see it. We've heard enough talking. We've been waiting long enough. Let's see her out, run her, and let's see how we go. And then hopefully she drifts in the betting for the champion hurdle and we can all go and get stuck in. Uh, We should be learning more about bright prospects for the future on Sunday at NACE in their big race, the two-mile four furlong Lawlers of NACE novice hurdle. Uh, upgraded to a grade one a few years ago and rightly so. Tornado Flyer had been entered for the future champions novices hurdle. Obviously, he didn't take up that engagement, but he is a short price favorite here at 6-4, to four, along with Gordon Elliott's battle over Doyen. Someone's O has got to go. Uh, he's currently 7-4. to four. Uh, Pat Fatty's horse is 11-2. to two. Come to me, Fully Mullins, another one for him, 8-1. to one. Joseph O'Brien's Lone Wolf is currently 8, Commander of the Fleet. Oh, he was so disappointing last time out at 10s behind quick grab him i've got news on him in a second by the way and uh another one who's been very very disappointing is felix Dizzi, uh who is 12 to 1 the news about quick grab him is that he is currently injured and out of willie mullen's stable so i think he might be coming back in soon but uh hopefully he will be fully recovered and back to his best soon because oh that's annoying that's really annoying. I think he's a very, very talented horse, but um, quick grab him, currently injured. That's why he missed the festive season. Uh, Kev, we'll start with you. I don't think you were the biggest fan of Tornado Flyer, but he heads the betting here. Um, I wouldn't... 
I just wasn't blown away by the first spin over hurdles. You know, we know he's a very good horse. Uh, he looked like to me that he he was ridden, you know, with a view to to really teaching him. Mm. And uh, he did it fine. Like he was well on top. He travelled best, picked up well, um, took a bit of a grip in behind them. But yeah, like it just there was not loads wrong with it now. But I just what wouldn't be going out celebrating in the streets after it, if you know what I mean. His jumping was grand, no better than that. Um, and I my view at the time was yeah that was a, a good solid start. But you're going to need to do more to go and. Uh, for example, win a grade one on your next start, which is what he's seemingly going to be asked to do here. And um, yeah, look, th- that was my thoughts on it. I just I wouldn't be um, personally entertaining him at um, the short price he is, but he could well improve enough to go and win. We know the ability is there. The form he showed when winning the, the grade one bumper at Punchestown um, was very good. Uh, so yeah, he needs to step forward. Could well do so, but I wouldn't be uh, paying to find out at that price. All right, battle over Doyen. The further he went uh, for Lisa O'Neill in the bumper, the better he looked. £235,000 purchase, and so far he is very much living up to that price tag. Yeah, look, a good hurdling debut last time. Got a lot of people excited. Um, won by a long way. Look, quickened up well from from the third last. His jumping was, was good. A um, little bit out to his right in places, but nothing to worry about yet. Um, I just it was very look. He's very good. He's won by thirteen lengths. A lot of people got excited. I again, I wasn't out celebrating in the streets. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was good, but it wasn't one that I wouldn't say he was the most impressive maiden hurdle winner this season. Um, and look, look the, the promise was clear. Um, he's a short enough price as well. I, you know, I suppose if you gave me the two at, at what are similar prices, you'd probably side with Tornado Flyer because you know. How much uh, how much ability is there to an extent given his bumper form? Whereas with Battle Over Dion, we've got much less evidence to go on. Um, but you know, so while clearly a super promising horse and um, with scope to improve over this longer trip, um, yeah, I just I, I I'd be finding it hard to be really bullish here, Kenners, because it, it it's a smashing race. Um, but it, it's at the top end of the market. It's all about promise, really, isn't it? Even more so than you'd normally expect in a in a Grade One novice hurdle. Um, given that we've two maiden hurdle winners dominating the market, uh, so it it would be hard for me to have a, a bullish betting opinion here, to be honest. And uh, I, I went fishy, fishy out of the bigger prices now, and I was struggling to. If I knew Commander of Fleet was going, um, which I don't, he would be of interest at like ten to one, um, because I think you can, I can, I'm, I can be very forgiving of him and what he did in the Royal Bond last time, a, a pretty farce, a farcically run edition of the Royal Bond, which wouldn't have suited him at all. And uh, his previous maiden hurdle win was, was quite impressive, over two and a half. And Going back to that trip, I think, would, would certainly be a big help to him. So if you, if you if I knew he was running and you put a gun to my head, it would be him. But um, otherwise, this is very much one, one to watch for me. It'll be really informative. If something can come out and bolt up in this, you know, they're going to be very prominent in, in the market for the, the Ballymore at the very least. I would never put a gun to your head, Kevin Blake. <laughs> or would I? Uh, Commander of Fleet is 10 to 1 with two firms and 6 to 1 with another. So uh, Coral are choosing to duck him. Rory, for you, who are you most excited about seeing in the Lawlers of Nace novice hurdle? I. I wouldn't have such a diner on the uh, on the front two as uh, as Kevin has. Not not that he's just being realistic about um, the nature of of um, maiden hurdles, I suppose. But um, 
Uh, I would... Um, I'd rule in with Battle Over Doyen, I think. Um, but I'm not... Not because I'm particularly negative about... Um, um, about Tornado Flyer. Um, that form has worked out well. That Punchestown um, novice that he won. Uh, there's a couple of uh, horses that come out of that. Um, since, I mean, uh, Jesse Harrington's uh, runner, who was back in the field press conference, probably needed the run, but improved to win next time out. And uh, Cuneo, who was up there most of the way and finished fifth, was a, was a decent winner um, next time out as well. So the form looks, the form looks um, very sound. But I thought um, I was just slightly more taken by... Um, uh, by Battle Over Doyen at Navan. Um, and again, the form of his Punchestown bumper, you know, it, it's... He, he would come out... He would look inferior um, to the uh, his market rival in terms of bumper form, but he's only had the one run. He was a pretty impressive winner there, and two of the three who followed him home won next time out. So you can't really, you can't really knock that. They look above average types. Yes, when you're coming into a grade one novice hurdle, um, in the new year, you kind of expect there to be some decent graded form and offer. Um, and that's sort of a, a disappointment for the race, but um, it's it's not a disappointment for, for the market leaders because of the way they've been campaigned. Um, so I'd be I'd be pretty positive about them. You can be very negative about some of the other runners in the race, um, but I'd expect the top, the top two to dominate if they turn up and battle for Doyle and get the vote. Okay, Battle Over Doyen for Rory. We should mention the Irish Stallion Farms, uh, e- Irish Stallion Farms, even EBF Novice Chase over two miles at twenty past one. Winter Escape, who has transformed since his move to Ireland, um, transferring from Alan King and Campiador. Breaking news: He stood up and won last time out. Breaking news. Campiador, who since he moved to Gordon Elliott has fallen on no less than four occasions, stood up and won. And people were brave enough to back him at five to four to do so. Uh, He is currently in the betting as well. Do we have any indication who's going to be running in this race? And could it possibly be the moral winner of the Pertomps, Glenn Lowe, who was robbed Robbed, I tell you, by Delta Work, who now it turns out is an absolutely world-class horse in the making. <laughs> uh, do we have any idea who's going to be lining up in the Irish Stallion Farms novice chase at 120, Kevin Blake? Um, you'd say with the trip that Glenn Lowe is probably an unlikely runner, um, unless he was to get you know a, a considered introduction to chasing, because two miles would be um, a long way short of, of his best. For all that, you know, he's a, he's a pacey three-miler. To be fair to him, like as anyone. That, uh, that that joined in the pain in the Pertoms. He, he can be very free going over three miles. Um, so I, th- I wouldn't have any doubts about him over two and a half now, but two could be a little bit slick for him. Um, and Campiador, to be fair to him, like for all the the brain farts that he's had and, and it, by all indications, you know, this horse schools brilliantly at home, hurdles and fences, and he just has some sort of an odd concentration issue. Uh, that, that sees him fall as much as he has but he was good at Fairy House I thought last time um, this trip and track would be would be to suit him I'd say and uh, if he lined up um, I, I, one would imagine it'll be him or Winter Escape um, he'd only have a, Campiador would only have a, a single penalty to carry whereas Winter Escape would have a, a double penalty and uh, Campiador would be, would be tough to beat I'd imagine if he if he lines up and Winter Escape had been entered for the Racing Post Novice Chase, the Grade 1 
on St. Stephen's Day. So the fact that he turns up here instead, uh, that's got to be some somewhat significant. Yeah, possibly if he turns up. Um, you know, he won over two and a half miles last time. This is back to two. Um, I... I'd expect Campiador to line up. Could be totally wrong. Okay. Speculation just based on uh, which one would be best suited by this course of distance. Uh, so if all is well with both, Campiador would be the more likely runner in my mind. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Could, uh, before you move on, yes, I say, yes. I know I didn't. I know I didn't indicate that I had a particularly strong opinion there, but I'd have thought Articulum would have a half decent chance of um, of, of beating either of them. Yeah, getting away. Yeah, good he's, run getting, last he's, time, he's getting the weight. He ran well last, and it's not just that run. I mean, he's he he looks at Chester. He was a point to point before he went hurdling. He's clearly had his issues over the years, um, and um, he, he doesn't stay beyond two miles. But he jumped well in Chase's debut. They didn't go much of a pace, so it's difficult to to um, assess the form overall. But everyone was mad about Gettebird afterwards, and um, he, I thought he shaped pretty well in in second and. Um, uh, the the way he jumped and the balance of his hurdles for him suggests he's as, he's got as good a chance as any in the race. And now, ladies and gentlemen, just when you thought this feature was done from the flat season, it's back by popular demand. It's Kevin Blake's Pedigree Corner. So we've got the four and five year old bumper restricted. Uh, sorry, the four-year-old bumper restricted to four-year-olds at Nace 350. And you have noticed there are some interesting bred horses in this race, Kevin Blake. Take it away, my son. Well, this is the first one of the season um, in Ireland. And it's, it's, I think it's very much an Irish phenomenon. But these, it'll be well worth watching this and just watch the market moves. Because these are just always the ultimate wise guy races. If you walked around Nace on Sunday now, you'll end up with tips for about eight of these. It's, it's just the way it is. Every every trainer will be holding on to a horse that could have run on the flat as a three-year-old and says, no, no, no. But hold on to it for a four-year-old bumper, lads. The first one of the season. And you, you watch. There'll be just a heap of these backed at various parts of the day. Uh, great mix of pedigrees here, you, as usual. As, as you'd expect, you get a mix of, of ones that are very much flatbred that have clearly been big and backward, uh, mixed in with, with national hunt breads that have been forward. And uh, there, there's some very interesting ones there. And it's great to see Tom Taff with a few entries as well, because he, he used to be absolutely deadly in these. He's some very good horses, um, win four-year-old bumpers back down the years. And he's got a he's got a daughter of fame and glory and a daughter of Yates um, entered up down the bottom there. Um, Joseph has a few entered up that have come from France. Liz Doyle has a few. And yet just on a general point, you'll notice quite a few of these horses coming out um, for Joseph, Willie and Liz Doyle that have come from uh, Guy Charel, a uh, French trainer that has uh, dispersed uh, quite a few of his horses. And um, Joseph and, and Willie and Liz Doyle have got quite a few. And uh, see, Liz has, has one entered up. Uh, two entered up, sorry, that are still in Guy's colours, ML Bloodstock colours, and uh, two of Joseph's there, Front View and Top Moon, that are in JP's colours. They would have come from the same dispersal. Um, so that, that's just something you, you would have seen it already. A good few of them ran over Christmas, but um, there'll be more and more of those uh, appearing in, in the coming weeks, I'd imagine. Uh, there's some super horses in amongst them, I, I gather. 
Um, and yeah, in amongst on top of it all, we have a, we have a son of Zaphany in there as well from the Naga Khan family uh, for Harry Kelly. So it's just, I, I always find these races really interesting. Would I have a bet on them? Absolutely not. But they're always, <laughs> but they're always fun to watch and see how the different, uh, the different profiles add up and see if the market gets it right. I know that they, the, the modus operandi for Joseph is to not do too much at home. You know, get get an idea of what the horse is going to be like, but he wants them to show it on the track. Um, so, what have you learned about the ex-French horses front for you and Top Moon so far? Ah, you run them and you find out. Yeah, you run them and you find out. That's what the race horses for. Good stuff, Monsieur Blake, on that French theme. Uh, it's nice to see the return of Pedigree Corner. Not just for the flat, but for the jumps as well. Uh, speaking of the jumps, we have... This is our third podcast of 2019. If you haven't listened to them yet, plenty of time to do so. The Diesel Kid is no more. He is now officially a member of AtTheRaces.com. His diesel laundering days are over. Uh, Tony Keenan has an essential column for you to read at attheraces.com. Make sure you do not miss that article. Uh, some fantastic insights from Tony, as always, and some fantastic insights from him in our Irish review of the festive races. And also some brilliant insights from our good friend Nick Luck as we took a look back at the festive review for the UK races. So both podcasts are available for you separately. One with Tony Keenan, Kevin Blake and myself focusing on the Irish racing over the festive period with a view to the spring festivals. And one focusing on the UK races with Nick Luck, Kevin and myself again with a view to the spring festivals had a lot of fun recording both of them and they are available for you now on apple podcasts spotify stitcher soundcloud podcast republic uh pod they're available at the races.com and all the good podcast apps and some rubbish ones as well kevin you and i are back with vanessa on monday for our weekend review yeah you sound super enthused. <laughs> I am. Just in case. <laughs> it's, a factual, it's a factual fact. Yeah. So I will see you on studio, in studio even, if I can use my mouth words correctly, on Monday. Until then, uh, from Rory DeLarge, from Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from me, Emmett Kennedy, thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will chat to you again very, very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. Have a great weekend. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.